Welcome to the Dementia Connections podcast, where each week we share the latest research, expert advice, and stories about living well with dementia. I'm Carolyn Brownlee, the editor at Dementia Connections. This week, we offer two best of articles from 2021 that focus on examples of how movement can optimize brain health, both before and after a diagnosis of dementia. We also have a bonus article about a terrific new podcast to share. In our first story, we revisit an article about how dancing can keep your brain healthy longer. In our second story, we revisit an article that explores how physical exercise may help you to manage if you're living with mild cognitive impairment. Our bonus article this week will introduce you to a brand new and innovative four-part podcast that directly shares voices of lived experience through the audio diaries and conversations of people living with dementia and care partners. As always, you'll find the full articles and the links to related resources at DementiaConnections.ca. Let's get right to the stories. Keep Dance in Mind Written by Jennifer DeRozio. People are inspired to dance for all kinds of reasons. A person may shimmy their hips in a movement of spontaneous joy or have a regular partner they dance with socially. But what about dancing for brain health? Research suggests that dancing is not only good for your brain, it can also keep your mind healthier for longer. Dance can potentially strengthen brain connectivity and even increase the size and health of certain parts of the brain typically affected by dementia. Dr. Patricia Hewson is a Labarge Postdoctoral Fellow for Mobility and Aging at the Geras Centre for Aging at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario. She studies ways to keep older adults healthy as they age. Recently, she conducted research to better understand the existing research on dance and brain health. Houston and her team conducted a systematic review of nearly 4,000 records on dance and brain health. They found 11 different studies from several countries examining the effect of dance on brain changes in older adults. We found that dance helps the overall cognitive function, says Houston, and specifically the executive functions. That's the part of the brain that makes decisions and helps with planning tasks. Published in December 2020, the review also acknowledges that dancing, including learning choreography, following the beat, and executing new movement patterns, may increase the size of the hippocampus, a part of the brain associated with learning and memory that shrinks as we age. Dance also strengthens the connectivity between both cerebral hemispheres, resulting in neural activation in motor, somatosensory, and cognitive brain areas. Houston says these findings are especially relevant for the 30% of adults with mild cognitive impairment who develop dementia, as dancing regularly could delay the onset of further brain deterioration as we age. Dance benefits brain health, which may help reduce the risk of developing dementia, she says. When we dance, several parts of the brain are firing at once. Dr. Joe Verghees, a professor of neurology at Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York, has studied the impact of dancing on brain health for the past two decades, specifically focusing on cognitively stimulating activities linked to reducing the risk of dementia. It's a widespread network of areas in the brain that actually connect during the course of dancing, says Verghees. 
The motor control pathway, the part of your brain that controls things like eye movement and jumping, is engaged during dance. The cerebellum in the back of the brain, which is called the balance center, is also engaged. As we age, this engagement can lead to other benefits, like improved balance and gait. Dance is an aerobic activity and can also improve vascular health in blood vessels in the brain, which Verghese believes could be part of the reason why dance may keep the brain healthy. Dance can also boost our moods. Social hormones, such as dopamine and oxytocin, are released in the brain when we cut a rug. In the last decade or so, we've been learning that social interactions are also important in the context of dementia prevention, says Verghese. The debate is still ongoing over what type of dance leads to maximum brain benefits and how often we should do it, but there are several reasons why adding dance to your routine can benefit your brain health long-term. What we found was that longer durations and higher aerobic loads seem to make greater cognitive benefits, says Houston. So dance, and dance often. Feeling inspired to slip on your dancing shoes? Go to DementiaConnections.ca and look at the article, Keep Dance in Mind, for some tips on classes to try. Movement for Memory, written by Lindsay Borthwick. It's true that mental exercise, such as solving a crossword puzzle, is one of the best things you can do for your brain. But breaking a sweat also has major benefits for brain health, including for people living with mild cognitive impairment. The research is really piling up that regular exercise is actually going to help ensure that the brain runs optimally, says Emily Johnson, founder and creative director of Stronger You Seniors Fitness. In fact, in 2017, the American Academy of Neurology began recommending that people living with MCI exercise regularly to manage their symptoms. Last year, at the 5th Canadian Consensus Conferences on the Diagnosis and Treatment of Dementia, a group of doctors and researchers also updated their recommendations on the diagnosis and treatment of dementia to include routine physical activity. So what has research shown so far? One of the first studies to demonstrate the benefits of physical activity on cognitive function in older adults with MCI was led by Nicola Lautenschlager, Professor of Psychiatry of Old Age at the University of Melbourne, Australia, back in 2008. In this study, participants who worked out at home three times a week for six months showed modest memory improvements compared with participants who only received educational materials about memory loss and a healthy lifestyle. A 2010 study led by Laura Baker, professor of gerontology and geriatric medicine at Wake Forest University in North Carolina, showed that six months of aerobic exercise, such as walking or cycling, with enough intensity to break a sweat, also improved cognitive performance, including a person's ability to multitask, adapt their thinking or behavior, and focus on a particular object. Both were randomized controlled style trials, the gold standards in health research. More recent research, 
a 2018 study led by James Blumenthal, professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Duke University School of Medicine in North Carolina, found that six months of aerobic exercise actually reversed some symptoms of MCI in older adults who walked or cycled for 35 minutes three times a week. In the study, executive function scores, which are a measure of the ability to plan and complete tasks, were even higher in adults with MCI who combined exercise with a blood pressure-lowering diet. A follow-up study by the same researchers conducted one year later showed sustained improvement in thinking ability in the exercise and exercise plus diet groups, and additional research in 2020 by the same team provided clues about how lifestyle changes like diet and exercise are benefiting the brain. They found an association between improvements in cognition and metabolic function in older adults with MCI. While these findings are promising, additional research is needed to determine whether exercise can delay the onset of MCI in older adults or protect people with MCI from developing dementia. More research needs to be done on the progression from healthy aging to MCI or from MCI to Alzheimer's disease, says Andrea Wilkinson, PhD in psychology and co-founder of Brain Shape Inc., a brain vitality program and podcast. Still, Wilkinson says it's an exciting time because we only recently started to understand the mechanisms by which exercise is playing a critical role in brain health. For example, physical activity gets the heart pumping, driving oxygen and nutrient-rich blood to the brain. It also helps preserve our white matter, the fatty substance that coats brain cells and controls the speed at which information travels from one part of the brain to another. Scientists have also discovered that exercise spurs the release of molecules that trigger the growth of new brain cells in adults, especially in the hippocampus, a brain region involved in learning and memory. The Canadian Physical Activity Guidelines for Older Adults, which recommend 150 minutes of aerobic physical activity per week in bouts of 10 minutes or more, also serves as a good guide for people living with MCI, according to Johnson. The recommendation for someone with MCI is actually the same as for anyone else, Johnson says, so a care partner and the individual living with MCI could be exercising together, and it will help them both. She suggests walking, starting with 10 minutes a day, and slowly building up to 30 minutes or more. To make it a habit, Wilkinson recommends picking a regular point in your day to exercise, such as after you've finished your morning to-do list and had a cup of tea. To create new habits in our lives, you need to have a signal in your day that tells your brain it is time to go and do that activity, she says. The benefits will be noticeable almost immediately. Exercise is what's called a waterfall habit. It trickles down into other areas and has a wide impact on everyday life. It helps to manage stress, boost mood, and improve sleep, says Wilkinson. Go to DementiaConnections.ca to see the full article, which includes at-home strengthening exercises. Call to Mind, an interview with Dr. Deborah Sheets. Launching January 31st as part of Alzheimer's Awareness Month, a new four-part podcast series, 
Call to Mind aims to change the narrative about dementia and build understanding about the joys and challenges experienced by family care partners. Hosted by Dr. Deborah Sheets of the University of Victoria, who's one of the co-founders of the Voices in Motion Choir for People Living with Dementia, the podcast shares intimate stories about love and memory loss through the voices of lived experience. Each episode of Call to Mind features the audio diaries and conversations of people living with dementia and their family care partners who share about their lives during the pandemic. Dementia Connections spoke with Sheets about the making of the Call to Mind podcast series. How did the idea for Call to Mind develop? Caregiving often creeps up on people. They start by dropping by their mom's house and doing her laundry or taking their dad to a doctor's appointment. They find themselves doing the grocery shopping and refilling prescriptions. Gradually, they are doing more and more. At some point, they realize that life as they know it has changed, and a lot of their time and energy goes to caring for their loved one. Caregiving has become a new role and their new normal. Not only are podcasts a great opportunity to share information, but they also can engage listeners and inspire them to take action. I'd like to see our listeners recognize when they or others they know have stepped into the role of caregivers. Whatever their relationship with the person they're caring for, it's important that they identify as a caregiver or they won't know how to search for resources that can help them navigate this role and take care of themselves. My colleagues and I hope to engage a broader audience in caregiving issues and dementia by offering a rich listening experience with powerful stories that are intimate and engaging. Another goal of mine was to address the stigma of dementia by deepening empathy and understanding of the personal experience of caregiving for those living with Alzheimer's disease and related dementias across generations of listeners. 87% of caregivers wish that more people understood the realities of caring for someone with dementia. Dementia and caregiving are both life experiences that many of us will face, either as a person with dementia or a caregiver for someone with dementia. How did you recruit participants and develop episode themes? I am one of the founders of Voices in Motion Choir, so we started there because we needed participants who felt comfortable and safe doing audio recordings. They needed to trust that the story we created with editing would be honest, but not too raw. How is the series unique from other podcasts on dementia? We wanted to do audio recordings in the form of a diary. Many other podcasts involve interviews or are focused on guidance and support. We simply wanted to share the stories and let our listeners find connections with their own lives in what they hear. What do you hope listeners take away from each episode? We selected our caregivers with an eye to diversity. We hope listeners will find one or more caregiver stories that will resonate and the listener will take away what is meaningful to them at this point in their lives. But I do hope it stimulates conversation about caregiving and about dementia. What are the next steps for Call to Mind? I hope that the podcast inspires others to capture audio recordings of their family members living with dementia. One of my regrets is that I didn't record my dad telling me some of his corny jokes and favorite stories while he was alive. 
If the response is good, then I would like to pull together some resources to help caregivers capture stories while they can with their family member living with dementia. The 101-year-old mother with memory loss in the podcast passed away in September, and I hope this podcast brings a smile to her daughter as she listens and remembers. Find the Call to Mind podcast on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to DementiaConnections.ca to find the full article and the link to the Call to Mind podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Dementia Connections podcast. We'd love to hear what you think of the stories that we shared today. Please let us know your thoughts on any of our social media channels. To help our stories reach more people, please rate and review this episode or share it with a friend. Sign up for our newsletter for priority access to new articles, inspiring stories, expert advice, and so much more to help you live well despite dementia. Until next week, take good care.